Hello everyone, I am Sean Davies from Finger Guns and I am I am pleased to tell you that I am on a call with Dan and Ben from Size No, Size Five Games. Yes? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Woohoo! Hello. Hello. If you don't know who Dan and Ben are, but they are the developers of games such as Ben There, Dan That, Gun Monkeys, The Swindle, Behold the Kickman, and most importantly and most pressingly for today's call, it's Lair of the Clockwork God. Um, how yeah. are you guys doing? Wonderful, thank you. Very yeah. happy to be yeah. here. Doing all um, right. I'll just clarify, uh, because this is the thing that always gets confused, um, is so Size 5 Games is... Dan, basically, it's a one-man operation, and we have been best friends since we were about ten or whatever. Uh, no, we're, we're, the, the year that Jurassic Park came out, so 1993. <laughs> um, but I am, to all extents and purposes, a freelance designer that he brings in for the Dan and Ben games. And because I'm his best mate on the other games, I will, you know, I'll do some play testing and suggest stuff. But um, yeah, I wasn't on the swindle or behold the kickman or anything like that. That was all you Dan's did, you did help. genius. Don't, don't do yourself down though. You did help, you know. Yeah, help. you know, like I say, as a as a as a like as a creative friend might do, but not as like I didn't co-design those games or anything like that. I noticed uh, on the on the official Xbox blog announcing Lair of the Clockwork God coming to um, Xbox. I was down to Dan Marshall, co-founder of Size 5 Games. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Which I was very surprised by because I don't remember anyone else <laughs> really being in the room. So that, yeah. yeah. But that's fine. No, it's fine. Everyone just assumes because, because Ben there, Dan, that happened and Time Judgment Please happened and we wrote mm. a game, a, games about ourselves and it was the two of us. Everyone sort of assumes that you, that me, Ben and I sit around, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> wanking each other off and making stupid jokes and making video games together and that's not the case Ben don't say not, not 100 percent of the time <laughs> that's not 100 the case it's partially right but um <laughs> but yeah it does go the other way when it will be um you know designer of like layer of the clockwork god designed by dan marshall crickets I, and I'm sitting there reading his ear. I'm Ben Ward. I'm Ben Ward. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. because I only tweet once a week doesn't mean I don't exist. Uh, I did get. I did an interview the other day, and someone said to me, "So how did how did you have the idea of this?" I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. "Well, let's let's lead into this question. How how did how did you come up with this game, Lair of the Clockwork God?" Uh, in pubs, pubs, in pubs. Is the, <laughs> pubs, is, pubs is the life force of uh, our design process, and I'm not ashamed to admit that we basically we finished we finished Time Gentlemen, please, and uh, you know we we so, always talked about. Should we say for listeners that there are, you know, there have been two previous Dan and Ben games. They were pure adventure games made in the adventure game studio, so they were very nineties and retro. Um, and this is the third one, but you don't. We made it so you don't have to have played the second two. So th this is the first one that's gone all kind of twenty first century platformery. Yeah. You know. Anyway, sorry, mate. Go on. It's like a standalone game it's not it's i don't yeah. want to say reboot but it's but it's a standalone thing you don't have to play the other ones but we'd we'd always talked about doing another dan and ben game and basically every time that ben and i've met up for the last 10 years it's basically i don't want to say devolved in but it's devolved into us sitting in a pub <laughs> with a pad and a pen and uh talking stupid ideas and puzzles and what would be funny in the next game and all that sort of stuff so like i where it's come from i couldn't even tell you but it's it's been 
it's been drinking in pubs and and laughing and 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 having fun basically yeah we did um like i mean uh, uh, right from the release of time gentlemen please we've been talking about making a third one and we went through a variety of different ideas over like dan says for like 11 years you know we were um we we were like we were going to do small episodes like you know like one hour games and then we had ideas where you were going to play a different character and ben and dan were in the background and then we had one where you played god and you were watching (laughs) dan and ben's life on a vhs player no hang on no right on several yeah sorry on across several vhs's wasn't it so in one vhs and you just had a box of vhs yeah um, various various different adventures yeah, yeah, uh, you had three of them, of course, because it was an adventure game, and um, and the VHS God's VHS player got struck by lightning, and that gave you time travel powers as God or whatever, and so you could like if you were, if you change something in their childhood, then it would affect the God's you know God. the future and all this kind of stuff. So we had all these different things. I really like that one. I still, yeah. I still, if I had to, I'd, I'd make that. I'd look into making that one again. Nice yeah. I, I keep on saying that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where it was called, uh, what was it called? The God Complex. Because God lived in an apartment building with all the other gods. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> and the, the, the villain was Old Testament God, who was the same as New Testament <laughs> God, but he had a goatee on top of his beard. <laughs> oh man, you remember that better than I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, but so, so more like more recently, we 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 were saying like, okay, we're gonna make it's gonna be a platformer. That was our new thing because we we kept on saying um, it's got to be different to the first two because we keep on coming up with average ideas, like you know, and they're fine. They would be good. We keep on making them. People would keep on liking them, but they're boring. So how can we make it different? And it was like, it could be, you could play God, we could have time travel, we could play some uh, play an NPC. And one of the things that we've been thinking about for ages was platformer. And then we were like, right, we're committing to that. Um, and then at some one point... The, mm, sorry, one of, one of the things we'd sort of um, realised with it was we when we were writing all these other versions of the game, we were making the same adventure game jokes over and mm. over, right? We were making the same mm. point and click jokes. And uh, and I think the re- the part of it coming as a platformer was like oh if we had platformers in there we could make a load of like Sonic the Hedgehog and Mario jokes instead yeah and yeah. I and, and I think that was quite appealing was like okay let's just shift the genre a bit um, so that's where that came from sorry carry on then um, oh gosh and then um, oh yeah and then we um, we came up with the idea of uh, because the first two games have been first one was dimensions second one was time periods. So we thought, ah, third one could be emotions, and that tied in with an idea of an old game, uh, an old idea for a game that uh, Dan and maybe I had been kicking around. And that was basically, that was it. It was like, it was platformer slash adventure uh, game plus emotions. That was that was the big, that was it. And then we spent about, I don't know, five years <laughs> kind well, of then the, uh, then what happened working was it quite, quite helpfully, this massive indie explosion of um, mm. really touchy-feely mm. uh, platform games happened. And like I think the focus shifted from, oh, let's make a load of jokes about, about uh, how daft it is to jump on a baddie's head to these, this sort of like, you know, 
I don't know, like platform games as an allegory for cancer or whatever. And we were just a bit sort of like, this is just, <laughs> this is all a bit much. That's quite, that's quite, that's a, that's a sort of like slightly more interesting material to go for that other than like the, the 90s platformer stuff. Yeah, it was like the growing pains of this medium is like we're obviously these like game games are trying to deal with more serious stuff, but they're also still trying to be Mario. Like it's still oh, yeah. just it's still just Super Mario Brothers, but you know they're talking about how my dad got cancer or whatever. Boink boink boink. Because <laughs> uh, I've I've played I, I play I can't talk about the Switch version because I'm under embargo, but I've played the PC version, and so I can talk about that. And it, the game, while it does not, pay the same, Sean. Can I not say that? Am I under embargo? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I think, I think you're under arrest now, aren't you? <laughs> That's it. Sorry. <laughs> um, the the game the game does pay homage to while taking a very cheeky pun like pop at both of the genres um was was that like hard to balance because it it's both like obviously with dan reveling in the fact that he's playing an indie platformer and you're pushing crates and collectibles and upgrades um but also simultaneously like pick poking fun at the fact that that is just platformers and that's just weird um yeah. was that hard to balance i it, the 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 thing that was hard about it was that the 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 to us we felt like the core structure of it needed to be the point and click stuff right the the puzzles uh and the levels and all that sort of stuff the flow of it came the that came first so all that all that chat in the pub was uh largely about designing stuff for ben to do and uh you know mm -hmm. interject with with dan's platforming abilities like wherever we could and then we once it was all in we would quite often look at it and go like shit, we've got to find something for Dan to do in this situation because, like, he because this is this is it, you know the first draft of it. I would say I, I would say the game is currently like sixty five percent adventure, maybe seventy percent adventure. But the first like couple of drafts, I, I would say it's a lot higher than that. It was you know Dan's the the, the sort of gimmick, if you will, of Dan being a platformer and Ben being an adventurer didn't re didn't massively gel together like super well. So yeah, like, and, quite and often we just kind of say. We'd just kind of say, and at this point, Dan will push a crate or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and then it comes, and it comes down to it, and like by you pushing crates is is still not fun, even when you're making fun about how often you have to push crates in video games. So, um, so yeah, so quite a lot of the time, we'd 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 struggle with finding ways to make it engaging for Dan, uh, Dan's side as well. And like I think quite often, you know, the the start of the game is quite heavily focused on the two of them and their interplay and then it get they get looser as the game goes on like mm. by design they get split up and they get you know um different sections and they do different things and dan's dan's role in it becomes a little bit more like uh he's he's doing these like sort of palate cleanser sections where like you've just done a really heavy puzzle and then we just say okay just now go run off run off as dan and go and go and do something relatively simple and come back um and that, that kind of me to you know i don't want to sound like it was that we're that clever but it worked out quite well that like the two characters sort of start to work on their own a little bit better i think it, i think that works nicer and the game gets faster and faster paced as it sort of goes on i think that sort of worked to our advantage yeah i was gonna say yeah. that, that was one of the things that i i noticed that throughout the game obviously they they do have these moments when they the two characters split up and they have their own very 
you know, one is definitely an adventure game section and one is definitely a platforming section. But it's it's great how both of these kind of play off, off one another. Um, and while, I mean, there's one particular section where what you do in one, one character's area affects the other character. And I just, it was like a very clever way of doing it. And I, I know you say it wasn't intentional, but you really pulled it off. I don't know. How, <laughs> I don't know how these two things mix together because, on paper, a a point-and-click adventure and a platformer should never work. That's like jam and cabbage. It just shouldn't work. But <laughs> <laughs> you, you managed to get it to work, and it's it's very incredible. I mean, that was one of our that that was one of our goal. Like one of our things that we, you know, we had a list of stuff. Um, every time we design a section, what are the things that we want more of? And it's like we want more of interaction between the two styles was a big one you know like the platforming helping the adventuring and vice versa that was that was that was a big one um and yeah so we we did like having dan's little separate platforms sections as uh, a palette cleanser but we also wanted them to interact because what what's the point in having these two different styles if it's basically just two different games uh you know like um if, if you could play them separately as two different games and it's just, you know, here's Dan's bit, here's Ben's bit, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that's, there's, that's not, int- you're, no. you're not using the concept to its full potential. So, oh, we did. and also um, having Ben loving adventures and having Dan loving platformers meant, means that we can poke fun at both genres and we can also uh, express our love, our, our genuine love for both genres as well, because as much as we talk about, you know, the growing pains of indie platformers and trying to, you know, reconcile the ludo narrative dissonance of dealing with tough topics with this, you know, very gamey uh, medium, we like it's also really cool that games are doing this, and a lot of them, you know, a lot of them do it really well, and even if they have some stuff that they you know even if they stumble like it's still really cool and exciting so so it was good to have the two you know like having the two separate sides really helped with that as well yeah, yeah. we did lay we did layer in a lot of stuff as well at the end mm. like there was, there was a lot of stuff where when we when we announced the game so the whole thing was like done and in and locked in uh, and then we announced the game at Resd in in the april and you and i sat in a room and in my airbnb and basically uh, chewed over like a load more puzzles, didn't we? Because I was like, "This, yeah. we need more of this stuff." So like, that whole section, like the the second level, which is basically was like a designed as like a cannibal endless runner sort of pastiche. It didn't it didn't wind up like that, but that's how it started. Uh, and we wound up sticking a whole load of puzzles at the start of it, just simply because I was like, "We need more of this interplay between Dan and Ben." Um, mm. We haven't got enough of that. And, there, and there's there's a load of stuff where we just get we you know we got to the end and we were like, we could we could do more with this. We could do more in this section. You know, those, I remember there's a, the, the, it, where Dan, where Dan gets his running ability and stuff like that. And we, you know, we chew over those ideas quite a lot. Yeah. So yeah. You know, after the fact of the whole thing being done and dusted, there's, there's quite a lot of wiggle room for, you know, you can, you can make puzzles more involved and you can make everything gel a lot better. Is, was that, mm. were those changes made on like feedback from REST or no, not necessarily. They were, no, because Res, well, Res was where we, we announced it. So we, oh, okay. we announced it Rest, and and but we saw the reactions of the trailer, and I saw and mm. I read a lot of comments about what people were looking forward to in it, and I thought we haven't necessarily got enough of that stuff. You know, oh, people okay. were like oh, I really like the how the 
you know, the two characters, you know, one, one guy makes something for the other guy and then he can go and do something. And I was like, have we really, have we really nailed that? So like, so yeah, there was a bit, there was a bit of uh, wiggling as a result of. Uh, yeah, I remember, I don't, I don't know what the, um, what, Sean, what's the spoiler level on this interview? <laughs> How much um, do we assume that they've that the listener has played? I, I would say nothing at this point. Okay. <laughs> I don't spoil, don't spoil anything. No, no, no. Okay. Um, good. Uh, what, so, <laughs> um, but uh, so at Res, yeah, like um, while we while we were waiting for uh, interviews, um, we were sitting there coming up with new puzzles, and certainly like, as the interviews were happening. We were saying to them, "Yeah, we just came up with this new thing, which is really cool. We're really excited about it." And I was, I was reading through our old email conversations and stuff today, just like because my memory is now shot because I'm forty. So I was like, you know, if 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 Sean asked me, um, "Have you got any anecdotes about how it was to develop this game?" I'll be like, "Nope, it's gone." <laughs> um, but so I was reading through those, and it's crazy actually how much stuff we were adding in in the last month. Like the whole um, oh man, I can't I can't tell I can't I can't say what it is, but uh, there, there's there's you know the, these relatively big sections like or, or elements or puzzles or whatever that we put in way after Dan has said that's it with you know like fe- <laughs> feature really, complete. This will explain why I was so tired in January. I don't <laughs> yeah. remember now. We just kept on putting more and more things in. But um, Dan, just to speak in code, you know the bit that I did the artwork for. I did that one bit of artwork. Oh God, yeah, God, that was. <laughs> that was that I. That I can't believe like we did that in the last month, and it's <laughs> it's a, a relatively that, big. Hey man, listen, that we is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Man. <laughs> 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 that is what uh, do you mean the story? Have the you gone to the toilet? <laughs> you mean the, your you wee's doing some heavy lifting? What? Do you mean this? You said that we put a lot of we put. A no, lot I understand. Of, Okay. Uh, do you mean the sliding tile puzzle in the in the? Yes. In... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. Right. Fair. You did do a lot of that. That's fine. Um, I just, Dan and I, Sean, Dan and I always have this uh, conversation, and <laughs> when we're doing a like sometimes we'll do dev com- commentaries or whatever, and I'll say like, and so we did this and we did that, and Dan's like, did we do that? And like, no, we didn't. <laughs> you you did it. But if I take five seconds before I say anything to try and remember who suggested what, then, you know, so it's like, can we just be like the Coen brothers or the Wachowskis and just say we for everything, which let's frank it, uh, you know, let's be honest is, you know, uh, characteristic of us anyway, is just saying we to everything. So fair enough. That is, that is one of the the main kind of takeaways from this game is, is the, the relationship between, Ben and Dan, obviously yourselves. Um, it is very, very funny. It's had me in stitch. I, I literally had stitch at one point. Um, <laughs> it was it was during one particular feeling. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but anyway, uh, I had I had a lot of fun with this game. Uh, the the banter between you guys. It, have you got a process of putting that into the game, or is that just you two reading through the emails that you sent to each other and just putting them in the game? Uh, the whole thing is the whole game was written in a week. What? Was it a week? Not even a week. <laughs> Five days, basically. The, 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 the dialogue. The dialogue. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Sorry. The funny bits. The funny bits. The the, the actual dialogue stuff. Uh, obviously, all the um, like the situational humour is set up well in advance from funny 
conversations in pubs when we're designing all the puzzles. We're like, that'll be funny, that'll be funny. By and large, when we're designing stuff in pubs, if it makes us laugh uncontrollably, it gets written down and put into the game because we know that we, that idea is in itself funny. Uh, but the dialogue, basically what we did was I booked a, I booked a log cabin in the middle of nowhere with a hot tub. And uh, Ben and I took our laptops and, and drove there and met in like a little secret little tryst and, uh, <laughs> and basically wrote the whole thing together side by side um, on our laptops. But it's not, you know, by and large, it's not people think people think like writing something like this is us sitting down and agonizing over every line of dialogue and doing a back and forth and writing it together. And actually the reality is that like Ben would take one level and I take the next level and we would just write and we would mm-hmm. write every interaction that needs doing for that entire level. And it would probably take like a day or half a day or whatever to do the whole thing. Um, uh, and because we've been, we've been writing the Dan and Ben characters since we were 13, cause we used to do Dan and Ben comics in, in school. We're so well practiced at it now that that <laughs> stuff is actually really easy. Like we, 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 you know, you, we can, we immediately know, you, you go down the list, you go, right, what would Ben say if he had to hit a clown with a herring? And how would Dan react to that? It's like, you know, you, you, we're not sitting there for five minutes trying to come up with something. It just, it kind of flows. Shit, man, that's kind of worrying because I thought we were just, I thought we were just naturally funny and clever writers. <laughs> I didn't realise we were only capable of doing this one specific thing. That's, uh, well, uh, we're going to have to find out. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> we, were, um, we were talking about, we were, discussing what we were going to do next for the other for you know if we were going to do another game or size five is going to do another game where it's going to be both of us writing together um you know we were saying like okay and then we could write we could do this um you know i don't know uh, it's a dystopian future and it's about a uh, you know it it, it you can, say, you can say what it is. It's a dinosaur game. I put it on Twitter. Well <laughs> but okay so um but we were saying like Okay, so how are we are, are we going to be able to write the thoughts of a dinosaur, or, or are we going to have to have like two handlers called Dan and Ben? <laughs> <laughs> are we going to be able to manage this? Um, but talk about like how we write the banter. Like some of it is directly from our emails, like you like you suggested. Like wh- whenever Dan hassles ben because he's getting so bogged down in exposition and law that is word for word from our emails um <laughs> ben has uh, this, ben has this ben has this problem <laughs> where like he can't let something happen without having it explained in depth for for other people who are like really obsessive about this sort of thing like him so whereas whereas like I would just let things go. You know, I, why has that happened? Oh, it doesn't matter. It has happened. It doesn't matter. And <laughs> Ben will go, no, that's happened because, and then he will, <laughs> because a portal opened and ants came through and took it away. Right. There we go. And he'll write a whole thing about like some wild backstory for unnecessary bullshit. But like, it's one of those things that makes the game infinitely better is, you know, it's one of those things that makes Ben's character, Ben, you know, it's a, yeah, there were there were optional. I, I tried to make as much of it optional as possible, but there are a lot of optional conversations where you can talk to um, the character who is perhaps referred to as the Clockwork God uh, obliquely, um, and 
as Ben, you can ask that character just so many questions about, so why is this happening? And can we nail this down? And the character gets really, really annoyed at him. It's like, <laughs> I'm so, it doesn't matter. Okay. I just, I hit you on the head and you had a dream. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so Lord of the Clockwork God is coming to consoles. It's coming it to on the 4th of September. 4th of September. How many times were you asked, is this coming to consoles before you finally caved? Not nearly <laughs> enough. <laughs> I, we, we were talking about, I, uh, it was, I'd always sort of intended to work out some way of getting it on consoles one way or another. It was, you know, I put too much time and effort into it to sort of lock it to one platform. Um, uh, so it's always going to come to consoles, but it's just, it's just such a unknown of a process, right? That anything could happen you could just you know there there, there were times tony goland who handled the port for me uh, at amp workshop the times where he would just message me and go like uh oh <laughs> this is uh this is bad but and then and then there was a thing and then like you know we'd talk about why it might be and then uh i'd make some suggestions and the, those suggestions would be wrong and then tony would do would work out what it really was and fix it so there was like so many times when you you just can't say you know, someone will say to you, is it coming out? Is it coming out on Switch? And like, you know, Tony's like two months into the Switch port, but I still couldn't, I can't say yes, <laughs> yeah. because, you know, this is my code we're talking about. It's A, a it's dreadful code. B, uh, without spoiling anything, there is a lot of like fourth wall breaking, sort of quite meta humor to the, some of the puzzles that for all I knew, Nintendo could turn around to quite a lot of this quite uh, complicated stuff that the game does. And just say no, right? We could it could fail certification on yeah. half a dozen of these things, which we then have to rewrite or work out whether it's worth trying to rewrite them or whatever. So like, uh, but in terms of how many people ask me, not nearly enough. You can I can't you can't ask that question too many times. I know I know <laughs> it looks annoying, but it's really actually quite um, uh, reaffirming. It's quite heartwarming to see people actively want your game. You know, and it's it's um is in 2020 is unbelievably hard to sell games. So anyone saying hello, I'd like to buy your game, I'm not I'm not angry at that. I'm not upset. I'm delighted. It's a it's a pleasure. Yeah, it's funny. I do because I, I see it on Twitter and I get annoyed on Dan's behalf. I'll be like, oh my god, Dan, like these Switch owners, right? It's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> Switch exists, and Dan's like, no, that's thank God they are they're asking, you know. And then, uh, and then I say, yeah, but those PS4 owners are a bit more aggressive. It's like, well, yeah, okay, but you know. Yeah, I got quite a lot of angry messages <laughs> oh, about, about the PS4 version because, like, uh, I don't even know what the I don't even know what the problem is with the PS4 version. It's it's something complicated that, like, the the code is fine and it's done. It's something between it being done and it being published that's taking longer. Um, but so it's, it's, it's just, not coming out on September fourth. It's coming it's out. Not on September 4th. It'll be some point later in the year. Yeah. Uh, but like, but the uh, the the trailer ends with a PS4 logo, and it and um, quite uh, I say quite a lot, like three or four PS4 owners got quite angry at that. Like, <laughs> like you say you want it to do well, and yet it's not on the best platform. Or you oh know, like on, and, <laughs> rah, rah, rah. you fool. Why did why did you decide to spurn the PS4? <laughs> <Exactly. you fool? laughs> And then you see, you can just, all you can do is just like kill them with kindness and just be upbeat and positive and with your biggest shit eating grin say, no, it's, it is. <laughs> Sorry, it's, but it's. 
these console crazy people, you know, I, I, I understand, like, I, I remember when Descenders came out on Xbox, uh, like, nearly a year and a half ago. And I didn't have an Xbox at the time. And I was devastated because I was desperate to play that game. And I was, I, I, I'm, you know, I replied to Mike Rose on Twitter and said, please, can you bring it to PS4? I want to give you some of my money. And he was like, yes, okay, that, that's fine. And as you know, I understand the situation with the fact that, you know, some people really want to give you their money. They just don't know how to say it in kindness. They don't <laughs> to say it nicely. Yeah. It's just, why have you done this to me? Um, so is there anything that you've had to change for the console version or the Xbox One and Switch version coming out? On uh, there is one change, but it's a bit of a spoiler. Okay. Uh, so I can't really talk about it. It's what, it, regarding one of the slightly more meta puzzles. Um, we obviously, because the way um, uh, Switch and Microsoft, uh, Nintendo and Microsoft handle their stores and stuff like that, I can't do the same sort of, have the same sort of flippant <laughs> approach to that I can with Steam because Steam is very sort of uh, a lot more that. sort of open and a lot more, um, I'm going to say, dick aboutable with uh, than, the, <laughs> than the Nintendo and Microsoft. So we've had to do a little bit of a wiggle. Uh, but it works really well, so it's fine. But it, but apart from that, as as far as I'm aware, it's um, Tony's done a great job. The the only other thing is that um, there is a puzzle which no one has solved yet in the game, uh, relating when all the achievements you get. If you put all the achievements together, it comes out with an image, and no one's worked out what that image does or means yet. But obviously, with the Switch version, uh, there are no achievements. But I still wanted people to have the fun of trying to work out what that does. So the Switch has got the Switch version has got this uh, got the achievements sort of inbuilt rather than being a sort of third party system, if that makes sense. But I apart from that, ask, as far as, as, far as I'm how are they how are they inbuilt? How is it? Um, you can just get it good. from the you can get it from the um, main menu. So if you go to the main menu, uh, it's the achievements option, and it brings up the uh, it brings up the icons, and you can fill them in when you as you get them and. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I've been playing it on Switch because um, my um, sister has a Switch. I actually don't have a Switch. If Nintendo are listening and want to send me a Switch, that'd be great. <laughs> but uh, my sister's got a Switch, and she brought the handheld. Can I, just, can I just butt in? Nintendo, his sister's got one. It's fine. <laughs> he doesn't need one. He's got one. He's got access to one already. You give it to someone. Give it to a that... poor child or something. <laughs> oh, it only costs him. <laughs> okay right give it to all the poor children and then give one to me um but anyway so i was it so i was playing it playing on the handheld and it's really nice on the handheld as well um like the the pixel art works really well it feels you know at home and it, it does a little vibration thing when you double jump and all that kind of stuff it's really cool but um uh crap what was i talking about oh yeah the um the achievement thing came up I didn't even think about it. I thought like, oh, Nintendo must have their own achievement system. But is that kind of is that fake, Dan? Is that smoke? Yeah, 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 yeah. Tony's put all, Tony uh, and Workshop put all that in. So, so can uh, you turn can you turn those off, or are they? Uh, no, is that they, like it, canonical? Do, I don't think they pop up. So it's no, there's nothing covering the screen or anything. It just fills in that. Um, what, I, want to, I don't know what the word is like that mosaic. When no, it did. It did come up. It popped up in the corner. Oh, did it really? Yeah, yeah. Wow, I didn't notice that. That's excellent. <laughs> um, You're going to make a lot of Switch players happy with that. 
because there's so many of them are like bring trophies or achievements to <laughs> then they're not gonna be happy with us <laughs> <laughs> no they're not <laughs> can you give anybody like a hint on how to solve this thing because no <laughs> it, relates, it relates to the achievements uh everything is uh contained within the game itself so you don't need to go elsewhere uh and there is a there is a mysterious door that people have found and it obviously relates to that as well but um okay apart from that no you're on your own Oh, yeah, man. if you've, if you like, because Dan, like, people get confused by this, but like, by Dan saying that, because he said it on the Discord before, and people get very confused. But like, yeah, if, if you have got the achievement pictures and you've got the game, you've got what you need. Okay. I'm going to spend time on this now. I want to be the <laughs> Dan, Dan was thinking about giving an extra clue out on release day or something, weren't you, Dan, as a promotional thing? Uh, maybe. We'll see. I, we'll right. see how it goes. I, I, don't, I don't really want to. I sort of feel like it's one of those things that would just sit nice in the back. I want someone to discover it, and I want it to. Yeah. You know, if it's like 10 years later, there's a, like a Reddit thread discovers it, and then all the, you know, we probably won't have websites in the future, but all the, all the, hollow, all the hollows will suddenly be going crazy for it. Maybe. <laughs> it does that's great as well because there's, there's so many like it's great when you find an easter egg in the future like the fact that you've not spoiled it because you know with the console release people are going to still be trying to get that i mean i am <laughs> yeah i mean i'll probably spoil it once um once, once the console versions have come out and still no one's found it <laughs> i would be, like, be like oh come on get on with it it's this <laughs> uh, is it going to be I... easy like once you point it out is everyone just going to kick themselves no, no it is hard Oh, okay, then it's that's hard, fair enough. But it's, it's not. It doesn't. It does, there's not a lot of. There's not a lot of different parts. But um, it's just. It's just one of those things where you need like a hundred people trying different versions and things, and someone will get it, okay. or someone someone will get one step, and then another one will get another step. You know. Yeah, that's, but, um, that's... but um, I would Dan. I was thinking if you did want to give a hint, like one thing you could do would be, like the next time you do a webcast or you take a new promotional photo or something of yourself, you could have one of the clues like framed <laughs> on the wall, like behind you and see if anyone goes, hang on. <laughs> Look <Yeah>. closer. <laughs> something, yeah. All right. Uh, okay. A moment of appreciation for uh, Tony Goland and, and workshop. Um, yes. Those guys are incredible porters. Like they do, they do amazing work. And, uh, I've learned a lot from Tony, just, you know, in terms of the next game, because every other week or so, he would send me an email saying, next time, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is, uh, if, you want it, if you want it to work on Switch, don't do this next time. And I go, okay, fine. Uh, but yeah, I've learned a lot from him. He's, he's, um, he's very knowledgeable about a lot of things uh, in, that, in that way that makes me, always makes me feel like a complete, fucking charlatan you know that you know that um i don't we back back years ago we used to go to go to the pub there used to be like a london indie dev scene where we'd like go to the pub or whatever and sit and talk and i remember sitting around this table with a bunch of people all talking about playstation 3 architecture and uh i didn't even know what the word architecture meant i still i don't <laughs> even know what but i was just like so lost in this conversation i felt just felt the the dumbest like and here's me with with my copy of Adventure Game Studio and these two stupid games that I was making, but, uh, uh, you know, but and Tony's, uh, Tony reminds me of that a little bit that he's he's so uh, 
incredibly in tune with everything that needs to happen on on so many different fronts um because it's you know it's not just you know it's not just switches xbox and playstation and there are all these rules with all this as well that like you know uh if you're if you're playing the game and you unplug controller two while holding x on controller one does the game freak out and all like millions of like stupid rules that you know obviously broken something at some point in the past um, and are you, do, are you playing it on a crt telly from the 80s and, you know <laughs> like can you still read the and then and like the, the most imp- the most impressive bit of it all as well is let's not forget it's incredibly boring work that like i mean so that with the best will in the world like making a video game is kind of cool because you're just making stupid explosions and stupid jokes and uh making things look pretty and making things that are fun and then my idea of hell is making it run on a console because that's just <laughs> that's just all the boring bits of programming that's what that's why you make your code so interesting isn't it Dan? To yeah, i like to keep lives on toes yeah <laughs> interesting that's an interesting way of having it yeah um i've got some questions from listeners some readers um we had one from mark calf oh, marco calf who asks what happened to saving your friend what matt c yeah uh so actually explaining the game the game opens with dan and ben trying to find a flower uh that cures cancer to save their friend matt c and this I is a very remember. spoilery question isn't it it is i can't remember is it covered in the game um no basically we did talk about it and i think should we just tell the listeners to cover their ears for 30 seconds yeah cover your ears quickly because i wouldn't mind knowing because i can't remember basically it's implied that um we never get the flower back to him and the earth explodes so he's fucked (laughs) matt Matt c dies one way or the other he's fucked i think i I do vaguely remember that the original um introductory sequence uh there was that ben found the flower and then there was a gust of wind and he dropped it um and it was and it was the the introductory sequence was going to follow the flower as it, you know, so... The, oh, the, man, the, I don't remember that across, at all, but that's awesome. It was flitter across <laughs> the screen, and the flower was going to, like, be the through thread for mm. the introductory sequence. But then, like, quite late in the day, actually, we we kept the flower. We added an extra puzzle when we were writing. If you remember when we were on the retreat writing it, we, we were like, we could use the puzzle, we could use the flower in some puzzles. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we wound up keeping it. So the, the bit where he drops it got got lost and um and redone so wow but yeah uh so spoiler free answer is uh he's fucked <laughs> fair enough um cyberina asks how did it feel not to be able to trick can you pet the dog the twitter oh, account that was, that was <laughs> so annoying okay so i don't know why but i decided this was like like a month and a half before release as well wasn't it not far off do we need decided, context? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing context. Okay. I decided okay. it would be really funny to put a dog in the game that um, that you can't pet to annoy people who like petting dogs in games. That was that was the extent of it. And I was going to make it so you could keep, keep on clicking pet the dog, pet the dog, pet the dog. And there would be like a million different responses to petting the dog, but you could never actually pet the dog. And then I decided it would be better if you could pet the dog and this is all because of that can you pet the dog Twitter account, basically. 
which started out because everyone loves petting dogs. And, uh, and and all that account does is, you know, Metal Gear Solid 5, can you pet the dog? Yes. Yes. That's basically all I do. And I decided it'd be really, what would be really good was if I made it really difficult to pet the dog and made it really obvious that you can't pet the dog. And then when can you pet the dog's Twitter account uh, said, no, you can't pet the dog in a layer of the clockwork dog. I could get all righteously <laughs> indignant about it and say, I'm calling my lawyers. This is slander. <laughs> you can pet the dog. And then, and then it would be a whole big thing, and it would go viral, and we would, uh, uh, and we would do really well out of it. We'd rake in millions of pounds. We'd bring in millions and millions of clicks. And what actually happened was that uh, I can't remember his name now, but I had a chat with him. He's a very nice man who runs. Uh, I want to say Tristan, but I might be wrong. I think his name's Kanye. I I don't know. I, anyway, he Kanye pet the dog is his name, isn't it? But <laughs> I'm. Uh, anyway. He got it like straight away. I he put this thing up saying, "Can you pet the dog?" Yes, and I was like, "Oh man, I tried so hard to make it pretty." He was the first <laughs> person to actually do it as well. I think was he the first person to do it? I don't think anyone. Else yeah, I think so. It's the I, first but anyone heard of it. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to like trump your Kanye joke or anything, but he was pretty <laughs> dogged about like, oh. about like about getting it done, and I was, I was initially quite distraught like genuinely quite distraught because i put a lot of time into making it quite difficult to pet the dog uh but then actually the fact that he'd done it so easily wound up i think being better than if he hadn't done it and i'd done my fake righteously indignant thing so and it all worked out for the best you responded be about being upset that he'd found it or something like that. i see it. I, I don't know if he uh, the, the they had found the um that they that they successfully discovered that you can pet the dog and they got it right and you so you did a tweet saying like can't believe he's ruined all my effort blah 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 and that went that actually did go crazy viral didn't it that looked well not quite you know you got like 10k likes or something no and that you, wasn't that wasn't that one was it i think uh, so i think that was hugely popular that was I think that was massive. I've never had ten thousand likes on anything. Oh, uh, maybe it was it a few. Like a oh, right, maybe it's like three k. I don't know. But it was it was big anyway. It was really big. Oh, like it was like, bi it was like, big enough that you got people replying saying like, "Why are you so upset? He's like they're just doing their job. They just said you know they're trying to." <laughs> you, you got at least ten of those, so it was it was pretty big. <laughs> you get ten out of ten of those no matter what you put on Twitter. <laughs> That's true. Your Twitter is like a nightmare. It's like a <laughs> my Twitter is like basically all right because. I follow, I only follow a very small number of people. And uh, I think like the majority of my followers realize that I'm quite flippant. So, but it's only when stuff goes out beyond my bubble that, um, that things start coming. 90% of the time, 99% of the time, my Twitter is a very jovial place. It's only when things go past people who understand that I'm never really being serious. And in you know, people yeah. who misread stuff, uh, that it starts to go a little bit awry. I, I used I used some of your tweets and when Behold the Kickman managed to get outside of your bubble and you had the the football people oh. turning up to tell you the how, how football is supposed to be played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a very <laughs> fun week. <laughs> I I had I had no end of football people who were really angry and the best ones were the ones <laughs> who uh didn't get it even when I kept on <laughs> like the, the the best ones because because it was called an umpire. I just like I I obviously know it's a referee in football, but 
I just called it an umpire because I thought it was funny. And the number of football people who say come up to me and go, it's actually a referee, not an umpire. And all I would do is reply to them and go, no, I'm pretty sure it's umpire. And they would just go, <laughs> no, referee, trust me. I've been, a, I've been a Manchester United fan since 1972. It's referee. And I go, well, I checked it on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> and they just, go, and they, just they, they just couldn't cope with it. And fun, some so. of those people were professional games journalists and put their complaints in review format, didn't they? So yeah, let's let's not go into that. That's uh... no. <laughs> <laughs> um, another question from uh, Patrick Rose: How many wanking jokes are too many? I didn't want to ask that question. <laughs> um, I don't think there are that many wanking jokes in Clockwork God. I think it's. I think that's. It's no, either I think Alexander or Libel, whichever the bad one is, whichever the one. Uh, it's it's written so it's libel because it's letters. Okay. Slander is spoken, libel is letters. Okay. Um, but I think, you know, obviously it's a very silly question, Patrick. But <laughs> let's turn it into a serious question. And um, you know, we like so obviously there's a lot of there's a fair amount of toilet humour and lowbrow humour in our games. But like we do try. We, we, we're always we're always conscious of like how much is too much and is this just for the sake of it and how, did we just do one of these and you know like we try to do clever stuff at the set as well um and we do sometimes get reviews saying like you know it's all toilet humor or whatever and it's like i don't think you've been paying attention or i think yeah, I, I, that annoys to... me. that's that's not true is it like that's that's quite um a blinkered interpretation of what's going on. They're just they're just seeing the stuff that they don't like and yeah, and not paying attention to the stuff that they do. You know, it's yeah, weird. because I think that's like that's like five percent of the game max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and generally, there's a lot of you know pretty like not to blow our own trumpets, who were, but like there's pretty clever. You know, there's a lot of <laughs> clever or considered humour in there. It's not all just willies and farts and. That was yeah, a really so. lovely way of like trampling over your own point is to start. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I can help myself. God damn it. <laughs> that was at least 20% of my answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing is, but like, the, I mean, the reason we do it, a lot of the reason we do it is because, and I, um, I think there was a review of one of the first two games. I think it might have been a rock, paper, shotgun review, which was like, this is how adults talk and think and so if you're going to make a LucasArts style game for adults you should put some of that stuff in like you know like Telltale feel like games uh, feel very or you know like say the Telltale Summer Max games feel very much aimed at 13 year olds and our stuff feels more aimed at 25 30 year olds whatever but like um without spoilers in Lay of the Clockwork God there are puzzles where it requires you to uh, take a piss and one of those one of the reasons that we do that is because whenever you're playing one of these adventure games or you know uh, you know when you watch fifth element right and right at the end they're in the temple and they need the four elements and they're like right we've got fire because we've got a cigarette we've, we've got earth because we've got <laughs> some soil we need water and the thing that everyone immediately thinks is piss on the, you know, <laughs> piss on that magic alien plinth. And what they do instead is they get a handkerchief and wipe his brow and, and drain some spit, uh, some sweat out of it. It's like, 
Come on. <laughs> everyone, everyone was thinking piss. Luc Besson was thinking piss. And I wasn't allowed to do it. Um, so I think it's quite... And, you know, I think you get that with adventure games as well. And I think it's quite fun every once in a while for the for the solution to actually be like, yeah, just piss on it. You know? you know, Oh, you need some liquid. You haven't got... There's, you know, there's no water around. You can't find any water around. Oh, no, you're going to have to unlock that water fountain. No, just have a piss. <laughs> That kind of co- covers the next question I was going to answer, which is, why is Lair the Clockwork God? <laughs> sorry, go on. Sorry, go on. It, it was, why is Lair the Clockwork God rated 18 plus? Well, because of the pissing, probably. <laughs> is this <laughs> the Peggy... Pissing and wanking, apparently. Um, <laughs> basically, when there's a, basically a form to fill in, that you, you tell the form what your game has got in it, and it spews out a rating at the end. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not like someone at Peggy or someone at ESRB has actually played the game and gone, you know, taken a deep breath out of a pipe and sat and ruminated over the whole thing and gone, yes, this is an 18. It's, it's, it's a relatively simple form that just doesn't have any nuance on it. And, there, you know, there's no, there is no other way to do it. There's no other way around this. There's just a form to fill in. So when the form says... Uh, is there any blood in the game? Uh, and it's a toggle that says yes or no. And it's not like a toggle that says yes, no, and then there's another one that says yes, but it's right at the end, and it's cartoonish blood, and it's done for comic effect, right? It's just yes, but there's blood in it. And then it, and then there's another one that says like, is there swearing in the game? It's like yes, there's swearing in the game, but it's 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 written down, it's not spoken out loud, right? It's is is prose. I don't want to <laughs> sound like, a, like I don't want to like sound like a. But it's not like it's not swearing for swearing's sake. It's part of the. It's basically reading. It's basically educational swearing. And then, like, <laughs> but there's no nuance to that. And then, so the next one is like you know, um, uh, are there any bodily fluids? And I can't remember what it says. This is paraphrasing, but it like basically says you know, feces, vomit, urine, pus, etc. You know, and that's stuff like that. And it's not like. Yes, but it's pixel art. It's very, very comic effecty. It's just yes or no. So like, and you can't. You've got to like toe the line with it. You can't like bullshit them. You can't. You're going to get the game taken down off stores, and you're going to cause a huge. Trial. So you just have to be honest with it. Yeah. Um, so it's an 18. Like personally, I'm a dad. I, I feel like the game is probably fine for 14, 15 year olds. I'm probably quite naive and I probably I bet like nine-year-olds probably know half these rude words now but like I would say it's got sexual references in it it's got um uh a lot of swearing it's got a lot of crude humor in it yes it's probably for like it's probably like for teenagers and above but I reckon but the 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 ratings go from like teen to you know sexy death porn (laughs) rating there's nothing in there's nothing in between and you know, I suspect that most parents who have 10-year-olds probably see a teen for teen and think, oh, it's all right for 13-year-olds. They can have that. You know, there's that little bit of give on the rating stuff. And I don't think it's a suitable. I don't think it's suitable for 10-year-olds. I don't think it's suitable for, I don't think particularly suitable for 13-year-olds. It's probably a 14, 15-year-olds. I would have got it and I would have been fine with it at that age. But it's, it's just, it's, you know, it's a form. I think it- it's one of those things. That, so it's, it's just it's just one of those things. It's one of those things that I think you'd you'd play like t- like certain TV shows or films. You play when you were fourteen or fifteen, and enjoy 
certain levels of it. And then maybe when you're 30, you'd be like, oh, well, when you're 40, you'd be like, oh, that's what they were talking about. Yeah. It's like when, when you play Monkey Island and, and you'd, you'd read some of the lines. And as a kid, I played through that game and was like, completed it, thought it was great. And then as an adult, I went back and played it and was like, oh, right. This is why this <laughs> game was so good. Okay, I yeah. get it now. I know there is also an argument that like, uh, I feel like the game isn't necessarily like quite a lot of the game is about being being 30 40 years old and to a degree like i i haven't paid any attention to any video game rating since i was 16 years old or yeah. movie or movie rating or any of it like i don't look i don't look at a film rating and go oh it's an 18 i don't it just doesn't even cross i couldn't tell you what avengers endgame is i couldn't tell you what the last Batman film or Joker or whatever it was. I couldn't tell you, and no interest in me. And I think like quite a lot of the um, thrust of the story and quite a lot of the uh, the stuff we're talking about, the serious stuff that we're talking about, the wider sort of cultural parts of Lair of the Clockwork God, I think will, isn't really, not. I don't want to, I don't want to say suitable as in it's not, as in it's too highbrow for them, but like will, won't, won't resonate with, a hugely young audience because yeah. because they won't remember what it was like in 1995 to play point and clicks you know they won't remember all that stuff so like you know to a degree 18 plus is, is sort of fine by me it's you know it's, it's not gonna i assume massively impact sales and if it does massively impact sales it sales with people who i don't think are going to resonate with the game brilliantly anyway so um yeah. I, you know i have fun <laughs> i think the i think the thematic stuff might resonate with very precocious politically active 14 year olds like the because you know because there's the stuff about games about video games and then there's this there's the thematic stuff about yes getting old but also like uh how to act as a human being like to, like talking about it very broadly and you know you you can kind of you can extrapolate that out to various different political is it is about living in 2019 2020 basically and i think some 14 year olds will be up on that and will will hopefully will spot that and will appreciate it but some uh you know as i was will be will find the news boring and they will totally not get that stuff yeah but you know i, th I think that i think it'll register with some people at that age but yeah and I'm, I'm while playing it i'll be honest that i was really surprised and the only reason I asked this question is because uh, we got it on Facebook but I was actually surprised when I saw the trailer and it was 18 plus and I was thinking this is grouped with the likes of Resident Evil and it's like, <laughs> yeah. what is going on because uh, having played it I would I would never have grouped them the two together but it's it's odd when it when it came through but like I there's no other workable system yeah. that, that I can see you know that that they, they've got to they've got to do a job they've got a you know the ratings boards have got their responsibilities and they they short of basically making um an impenetrable form that has a tick box for yes but it's for comic effect on every <laughs> on every on everything that, that let what that lets you off showing blood you know uh it, it's it, it i think the to be fair the form does a pretty good job you know it does it does take into account like the the fidelity of the graphics you know whether it's pixel art or whether it's 
um or it's 3d or 2d and all that sort of stuff uh, to my to memory i can't it was such a long time ago i can't remember doing it but like to my mind it was it was a pretty good form it's just one of those things it's just one of those things yeah it, i mean it is it is what it is i remember talking to tony goland about um dead end job and the character in that game originally had a cigar in his mouth and then <laughs> he, he took it out because a tick on the box for tobacco use yeah is it for something like uh, e for everybody to T for teen or whatever it was. And he was like, just just take it out. <laughs> just fine. Just take it out. Um, so there's, there's like a level in Clockwork God that's um, it's the Zool parody level, which you know, what 14 year old is going to understand a Zool parody. But like, <laughs> uh, instead of Chupa Chups, it's it's real ale. And um, the que- the the form is like, does it glam? Does it in any way glamorize you know, alcohol products or something something like that? Does um, it include them or? No, it, no, I think I think it's I think it's specifically talking about like glamorizing them. Like, oh, okay. like, is it shown in a positive? Is our alcohol product shown in a glamorous light or something along those lines? Yeah. Uh, and the the honest answer to that is yes, uh, because this is Dan's fantasy. This is Dan's happy place. Uh, you know, so so yeah. I mean, I remember the I remember doing the swindle, and I remember doing a swindle for consoles. And one of the I think I think it's probably it's probably still in the PC version, but like. Um, Basically, the the characters in the swindle are like Mr. Potato Heads, right? They they chop and change their facial hair and their hair their hair and their, their hats and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. And one of the facial appendages, we could have a mustache or you could have like a monocle or whatever. And one of them was a cigarette. And I remember for this for the console versions, we had to take that out. Um, and I remember for the well, it could ge- it could generate you a uh, the game generates each character a. A, a random name so it basically just pick a first name and a surname and as a joke for for the surnames i'd put a, one of the surnames it could come up with it was hitler and i remember we had, we took that out as well for the because for, for germany you, you can't <laughs> yeah you know yeah, well, no, just take it out we'll just take it out because you can't you can't you obviously can't sell that game in germany then suddenly so how, how did we do um with tom gentleman please because that has hitler as the baddie like what happened there that's not just not worried that's, that's uh, so, so oh yeah steam doesn't, steam doesn't really matter i don't know why but like steam doesn't i don't know i've no idea <laughs> honestly steam, no steam kind of skates don't, past that stuff just just don't mention oh, sh- it mm. don't <laughs> mention it out loud on any podcast or anything in case someone finds out okay i'll oh, leave all of this gosh. out don't worry <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. please thanks john uh last question was from alex day on facebook he asked what is it like to release a game about the end of the world in 2020, which feels like a slow motion end of the world? It was, yeah. Uh... It was weird because when we when we designed it, like when we wrote it, oh no, we can't, I can't get super spoilery, but um, when when we wrote it, because because it's about apocalypses at that time, because we've been writing it for a long time, it did not feel like the apocalypse was about to happen, like like Donald Trump was not about to bring the apocalypse and Boris Johnson was not about to bring the apocalypse. And like within a few months of it coming to like, well, I don't know. uh, I don't know what the timeline is, maybe a year or six months, but whatever, like, like towards it getting released, it felt like this is suddenly, this is taking on a different tone. You know, and we were we were thinking like, is everyone gonna say, too soon, mate? Too soon? Yeah. Like, can't, can't handle this at the moment. 
you know, because at, at the time it was like, this is how it feels to live in 2018. It feels like it feels like everything's on the edge and then everything tipped over the edge. Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly it was just a game where you play yourself, you know, where you play about stuff tipping over the edge. It's like, oh, maybe we should have just made it about a really happy place instead. Oh, but is it our fault? Maybe this is all our fault. <laughs> yeah, can't yeah. help but feel somehow responsible that this, our game came out exactly as exactly as everyone went into lockdown because of a global pandemic. But this is it. Like I, it was Larry the Clockwork God and the Sonic movie, and then everything went to shit. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's down to one of those two, is it? Is that like wow? Well, yeah, Sonic. You, you've, got, you've got to share the blame with Sonic, don't you? That's it. <laughs> I think. Do you know what I think? Um, all our apocalypses, I think, are. Uh, it's like giant robots and demons and volcanoes appearing in the middle of London and the the moon exploding and stuff like that. So I think, like, relatively speaking, Layer of the Clockwork God is still a, a certain league higher than than reality. I think I don't think we're quite quite. quite there, yeah. I think honestly, it's kind of um, morbid's not quite the right word. It's 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 quite uh, dark, but. It kind of feels in the in the same way that whenever we we would write a character who, you know, um, changes the colour of things with their mood, and then like six months later, a, an indie game would come out, and that oh. is the exact thing. Like, you know, that's their gimmick, and we'd be like, okay, well, you know what, that's actually good because that makes our satire better. Um, so in a way, it's kind of like that because it's like you know, oh, the world actually ended. That makes our game, like, really the most important piece of art in the 21st century, because ah. we predicted it. Do you know what? We should end the podcast there. The most important piece of art <laughs> for the 21st century. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and to be fair, the game is very funny. It's not as if, you know, there are there are moments of, of touchingness and, and sombriety, um, but, you know, most of it is laugh out loud funny yeah so, we, we tried to f strike a happy we, it was always it was always like being funny was always the key focus but we we wanted to mm -hmm. make something that was don't want to make something that's just a load of jokes you know if you, we the 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 parallel i've always had is that um you want to be making scream not scary movie right so scream was scream scream was like a pastiche of horror films but an amazing horror film in its own right yeah and so you want to be making an indie game that is a pastiche of indie games but also does all those kind of things uh, in its own right which is why we have quite we have quite a lot of serious talks about it's quite a lot of serious stuff around around um about feeling older and about getting older and 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 friendship and uh and grief and all that sort of stuff i think it's quite yeah. i think all that stuff's quite um Nice and the regret stuff, the sense of regret stuff, is always is is uh, quite genuinely quite touching stuff, um, because you know it's it was important to me that it's it's and it's that it's scream and it's not scary movie. Yeah. yeah, like when we poke fun at or we comment on the way that indie games are, you know, are going through this um, uh, struggling period of trying to. Uh, comment on stuff while also having game mechanics like we're doing the exact same stuff as we develop it we're, we're struggling with the same stuff because we want to make serious points and we're like how do we um you know how do we balance this with uh 
with our game mechanics that we've already set up. And there's like there's there's one level where um, I think I can say it's the grief level where we wanted to make people sad and feel grief and talk about grief, but we also had to do adventure game mechanics. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and at some point we just kind of give up and go, oh, you know what? Fuck it. Games cut. Like, <laughs> it's too <laughs> difficult. We'll just we'll just make a game. Like, the end of, we'll, the end of we'll just we'll just let you bounce on some heads or whatever. The end of grief uh, originally had the idea of the end of grief was that um mm. ben would get to the ben would lose dan and uh and he's faced with a as an allegory for what it's like to lose someone something a puzzle that would be very simple to solve if dan was still there yeah. and dan's not there so it's really hard and the i the original idea was that it was just going to be an absolute chore yeah. To solve yeah, that it, very, like, it was very boring. And, it was a really yeah. boring puzzle that involved, like, you needed three batteries, but there were only two. So you had to keep on taking the batteries out of things and putting them in other things. So, like the control panel needed a battery and a robot needed a battery and you had to move the robot onto the switch and all this sort of stuff. And it was, and it was very clever. It was all in and working. The first version of it was all in and working. And it, but it was just, it was like, if you're making a boring puzzle, it's just boring. It's a boring, it's boring gameplay. So uh, we sat in a pub and we and we talked about it and it was one of those puzzles. The salute, the well, what would we do if it wasn't boring? What would we do if Ben was just like really blasé about this? And the result of that made us laugh so hard in the pub that we were like, well, that's that's what we've got to do. This is a much better solution to this thing. But the, the the morose discussions about grief can happen before that, and then when we get to the end, we're into like fun, back into funny territory. Um, and it works so much better. Like I dread to think the version of that game that, in an alternate universe, that shipped with a, a really boring, laborious, battery-based <laughs> power, power cube puzzle. Yeah. Think. So like our our rule was like we're not going to punch, you know, sideways at other indie games. We're just going to talk about the 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 stuff that we're all struggling with. Basically, the ludo narrative dissonance that we're all struggling with and we're going to go like can we do better no we can't it's really <laughs> the game achieves quite a lot and there is a couple of uh, reviews out there that i currently agree with i i bought the game on steam and of course i added a review done um thanks yay <laughs> um and you know i played it on pc and, and i thought it was one of the best games i've played this year and Bless, thank you i i really hope that when it comes out on consoles that people give it the chance that it deserves um, if you're listening to this, I mean, I'm not allowed to give, tell you what review score I'm going to give or my opinion on it, but I absolutely hope that you, you give this a chance on the 4th of September because these guys, they've developed a really great game and uh, I hope you give it a chance. And Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your time today. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. You're very, both interesting chaps. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It was good fun. Um, and good luck with the launch of the game. And yeah, um, and I'll be posting my review up on the website on fingerguns.net on the 3rd of September. And uh, if you're listening to this, you should definitely check that out because it might... Do you do, do, you do scores, Sean? I do, do, I do, do scores. scores, yeah. And what format? From 1 to 10. Okay. What are we looking at? <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> it's divisible by five. <gasps> five. Nice. No, um, no, 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 it's divisible, no, divisible by, by five. five. 
<laughs> There's only two out of ten that can. You can't divide. divide can you divide nothing by five? I'm not okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll, I'll just. It's it's going to get the best score I could possibly give it because I I have I enjoyed it on the PC and I've enjoyed it more with the Switch. Um, ah, and, I love it. And you you guys have, have genuinely created a really great game and it's not all fart jokes and stuff. You just gotta and I honestly for a lot of the game. Um, like the little nods to the games of, that I've I've played, like Zool and uh, the LucasArts Adventures, really kind of hit home for me. There's like a lot of really good stuff in there. Then it, it just like felt very laser targeted to my taste. And good. I hope I hope that all the thirty somethings uh, or forty somethings, sorry, sorry Ben, um, <laughs> who grew up, oh god, <laughs> who, who grew up with these games, you know the the. The adventure games of yore um and who also are now playing gris and flower and all the rest of them <laughs> that play these these artful games can can get a kick out of this so thank you very much for your time and um if, if, do you do you want to do like a final pitch on selling the game uh, it's I can't, funny I can't and it's clever thing. and it's it's got platforming and it's got adventuring and it looks gorgeous and it sounds gorgeous and it's like it's pretty um, fucking cheap and it, I don't know if this can go out in time for pre-orders but if you pre-order it now on console you get 15% off and it's just it's you know like it, it what's the it's got like 99% 8 positive reviews on Steam and it's got really good critical reviews and Sean's going to give it a score divisible out of 5 so you know just as a human I think you're with you know m most of you with 5 fingers are obliged to um purchase it five times <laughs> wow that is a box quote stick to <laughs> um and yeah thank you very much for listening and um if you like this uh, go and check dan out on twitter at dan that and uh, ben at De time, time gentleman time gentleman um mm -hmm. And make sure to check out Lair of the Clockwork God on PC or consoles on September 4th.